Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. My name is Bella and we are here for another week, which is very exciting because by the time you listen to this, I will be well on my way to London. I'll be back in London town and I am excited. It's been really nice having a bit of a breakaway and having some time at home, but I feel like it's hard to have a routine at home. That's the thing I've been struggling with this week is like, I find it so tricky to come here and do my daily like things that I'm meant to be doing because I don't associate Scarborough in summer with working. I associate it with like summer jobs and like just fun. Like everyone just has fun in summer. No one really does anything. You're just always like when I think about it, I think it's been very eye-opening to like how lovely my past few summers have been. Like just living at home when you do have just like a summer job where everyone works the same type of summer jobs. It's all type of like hospitality work and always having the evenings free, like just going to the pub most nights, going to the beach, having barbecues. Like it was such an idyllic summertime and like just days off and just sunbathing and not not worrying about what's going to happen, just enjoying the summer. But then I do also think it's rose-tinted glasses because obviously like right now I'm at home and I'm only at home for seven days. And so the things that we're doing can't really get boring. Like it can't get the same old, same old. It can't get like that because everything's new and I'm meeting up with people and it's like, oh, this is so exciting to catch up with you. But I remember when I was home for summer for like a long period of time, Sometimes the novelty can wear off. I just think because summer is where Scarborough thrives, coming here has just been really nice. And it's quite weird going home, like back to London again, because I'm in my mind, I'm like, I'm staying here for a while and I'm just not. I'm literally leaving on Sunday. But it's been a really nice time to come back. And my boyfriend came back as well, which was really nice. And we've been with his brother and his brother's girlfriend who have just come back from Australia. So that's been really nice to like actually see everyone and be able to catch up and be able to just have like a bit of a, he's finished uni now and I feel like that's made it so much of a more like calmer time. Does that make sense? Like when we last saw each other at home, he was really stressed because he had his dis on and I like just had time off and now I've got my dis on and he's got his time off. But it's been really, really lovely. What have I been up to? On Friday, we, when did I last, when did I last speak to you guys? Mm, Sunday. I recorded the podcast on Saturday. Well, on Monday, we went to the pub and I did uni work, just kind of like standard day. Woke up, went for a run, did uni work. And right, I didn't realise how strong Blue Moon was. I thought it was just like a standard pine and I was drinking it like it was a Corona. I was drinking it like it was absolutely nothing, like it was water. Drinking it away on my fifth Blue Moon, I suddenly stood up and I was like, I'm really drunk. (laughs) Like I am drunk, drunk. And then we went for a walk and then it was like sunset and it was really cute. But I woke up the next morning and I was like, oh, I'm hungover and this is vile because it was so hot and gross in my room. Like when I was staying with my boyfriend and the room was so warm and I was like, this is hell on earth. And I realised it was just because of my hangover. And then I had to come all the way back home. And I was just walking like, this is disgusting. And also, whenever I'm walking back, like, obviously I was in my clothes from the night before. And I was like, I just look like I'm doing the walk of shame. This is not what I want for a Tuesday morning. Like, what person goes out on a Monday night? Me. But everyone was back and it was really fun and no regrets. Apart from the round cost me £15 for three drinks. Turns out Blue Moon's not only the strongest, but it's the most expensive at £5.20 a pint. But it was nice, so I'm not too sad about it. And then woke up, hungover, fine. Got back and then managed to get my shit together, did some uni work. I'm finding it, I'm finding uni good, 
but a little bit like there's you know when you just have such a large amount of stuff to do and such a massive amount of things to complete that it's like holy shit how am I going to finish this like how is it all going to come together and I spent oh I spent all of yesterday trying to solve this coding thing spent all of today trying to solve it and then I was like you know what I've given it a really good shot I'm gonna have to ask for some help email my supervisor and she just sent oh can you just press this button literally worked like a dream literally worked like a dream that's 16 hours of my life I'm never gonna get back now and this keeps happening but that's why you do it isn't it like that's why it's a work in progress it these things take time but I am slowly chipping away at it and I know that's what you have to do with a dissertation you just have to like slowly chip away at it and want like you get closer and closer and closer to the end point but I think I need to create some more of a plan because right now I'm just like doing things that I think are important. I'm being a bit impulsive about it. The ADHD is like really thriving right now because I'm like, oh, I should do this, blah, 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 blah. Like I was meant to be doing my data analysis and then all of a sudden I started making maps of the area that I was analysing using a different software package. And they look lovely. Like no one is impressed with these maps I've created and I'm very insulted by it. I showed my entire family. My dad looked at it for three seconds. He looked at it and he went, that's nice. And I just looked him dead in the eye and I thought, eight hours of my life there, Andrew. Eight hours of my life. And you're not even gonna, there's not gonna, you know the amount of time that I spent choosing the four coloured dots of my weather stations? Too long, way too long. And I've also realised I've kind of cut off the top of my graph because I just put some writing over it. But that's another problem for another day. That's not today's issue. And I'm going to solve this closer to the hand in point. I do have a fear that I'm just going to keep doing this where I'm like, I'll finish it close to the time. I'll finish it close to the time. And then you'll catch me in the podcast episode being like, why didn't I finish any jobs? Why did I start everything and not complete everything? But what can we do? I'm not, I'm not sad about it. It'll be fine. But then yesterday woke up, was hungover, managed to do work because I'm a trooper when I'm hungover. Now I think the guilt gets to me and I start thinking like we've got quite a lot of stuff to do, Bella. Got a full dissertation to write. Um, And so then we had a barbecue and it was so lovely because it was such a good sunset. I think tonight's going to be a really good sunset as well. I'm going to go for a walk all along the beach, I've decided. Um, But it was a really pretty sunset. We had barbecue. I tried these beef burgers with like cheese and caramelized onion in not that nice wouldn't recommend very average and quite a lot more expensive and they were also massive like I don't know why I bought them really I was craving a five guys and if I'm gonna spend money on a five guys they don't have five guys here so I thought I could just make it myself so that I couldn't make it myself that well so that that was a bit disappointing but I did have I don't know if you guys have tried the mango, sorry if you're veggie or vegan, this is not going to cater to you, but the mango coconut chicken, that's delicious from Aldi, that's really yummy, so I had that, and then we walked all the way home, which was really, really quick, and then we watched, have you watched I Love You, I Love You Man, I think that's what it's called, actually, very wholesome, you know, very easy film to watch, would recommend, Mm, you know when you just want something on in the background that's not too serious and just is easy, that although we made Bailey's hot chocolates and they were really strong like really like I actually don't know if I like Bailey's I think it's too strong for me which makes me sound like a child but I just don't think I'm in a I just don't like I don't know what it is about the strongness but I think it's the brandy it's just a bit like oh my god why are we drinking this it's it's disgusting but tomorrow what day is it no today 
woke up not hungover, plus, and I managed to get a load of shit done, which is good. I've just found myself recently getting quite overwhelmed, as I said. Like, I am finding the amount of different things coming a bit intimidating and a bit overwhelming. And I also think I'm finding it, like, it's harder to manage different things when there's, like, so many other people to see and things like that. Like, it's lovely, but it's also, I feel like, very bad FOMO at the moment. I feel very, like massive FOMO I just want to be doing the things that everyone else is doing and everyone else seems like they're having such a lovely time and I'm just there like working and studying and also because my go-to my response to everything is just to study so I never feel like I've done enough work I never feel like I'm able to rest I never feel like I can switch off like I never feel like I've deserved it unless I'm absolutely exhausted and I'm only absolutely exhausted when I'm close to burning myself out and that's not healthy and I'm trying to stop doing that and I'm trying to remember like I have enough time to finish everything I have enough time to get my work together and like it's only June it's not due until September I literally have so much time but the fact that I haven't done it yet is making me feel like very like you know, like I'm racing, like I feel like I need to get to a point where I'm like, okay, now this is good. But hopefully if I have the data analysis done by the end of June, give myself July to write everything and August to check it. That was my initial plan. And I feel like I'm going to stick to that. I do have news about Colombia and I was thinking about going, but this is a kind of, sorry, I just moved and that's going to be resound like a fart, but it's not. I just moved on my chair and it's just like, <laughs> um, but I did get news about Colombia and I did get the funding, but I don't think I'm going to go because, and it's been a big learning curve, this actually. Sometimes I think forcing myself to do the typical good option is going to be the thing that makes me the happiest. And slowly I'm realising that deep down I always know what I want to do. And I always try and feel like I have to force myself to do these things. And you shouldn't really feel like you have to force yourself to do something. It was like tonight I had plans and... No, I had plans with my family and then my friends were doing all of these things. And I was like, I feel like I should go. Like, I feel like I'll regret not going. But deep down, I knew that I didn't really want to go. I knew that I just felt like I've done a lot of social stuff recently, which like, obviously I love being with people, but I also need time on my own. and I need time just like recharge and debrief and get stuff like the podcast done and get less overwhelmed constantly, not feeling like I'm waiting for things, you know? And I think this is why... I'm starting to realise that when I get that gut feeling about knowing realistically what I do want to do and what I don't want to do, I'm trying to listen to it a bit more. I think there's definitely an idea that saying yes to everything will always make you happier. But you know when it's like a gut feeling? When it's a gut feeling, I think it's different. Because sometimes my anxiety would be like, no, don't do that. And I'm like, I'm going to have a good time and I should go. Like, I know I should go. And so I'll go. But with Colombia, I was just like, I don't really want to go. A, it's a lot of money. B, it's a long journey and, like, bad for the environment. So if I'm not going for a good reason, then what's the point? And also, I was like, I want to get my disc done because I got the job, which means I can go on holiday. And I really, 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 really want to go to Sri Lanka. I really want to go to Sri Lanka, guys. Like that. I really want to go. The reason why may be to do with the fact that you can see blue whales. (laughs) Stop. I don't know if you can swim with blue whales. I don't reckon you can. But I genuinely don't know what I would do. I don't want to see killer whales, though, because I've been watching a lot of videos on orcas at the moment and the way they're attacking boats. I don't know if I've told you about this, and I probably have because it's my top 10 fact at the moment. But orcas in Norway have... 
I don't know if the way I tell the story is correct. So I'm going to prephrase this by don't repeat it to anyone and Google. But this is what I've been telling everyone. Orca's got This orca got released from captivity and it got like, obviously it hated humans because it got released from captivity. And when it got released, it started learning how to attack boats. Again, this is what my interpretation of the story is. And it hits its head on the rudder, breaks the rudder, sinks the boats to attack the people. And it started teaching other boats, other, not other boats, other whales to do this. And I just think, what? And there's a video of this boat being attacked by all the orcas. And they're all around, like, there's so many of them. And I was like, what if you got, if you got submerged, what would happen? And then I watched a horror film trailer recently. It annoys me on Netflix when the horror film trailer comes up. Because A, I might not be in the mood for that. I might be alone in the house and that's a bit scary if that comes up. And B, I can never find the film. But this film was called Swarm. And in it, the like the trailer is all these people are whale watching and it's with blue whales. And like the whales are swimming, 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 swimming. And then it swims up, up in the air lands on the boat, in half the boat is, all the people are like, ah, swim, swimming, swimming, <laughs> swimming around, screaming, crying, you know, they were now in the water, this is all CGI by the way, this didn't happen, this is a fake thing, just to clarify, and then you see the guy in like the speedboat coming along to get them, and he's just being chased by a pod of orcas, and it's like the attack of the whales, and oh, we had Planet of the Apes, but I did not see Planet of the Whales coming. But God, I would love that. Love it. Because they're also very smart animals. I really regret not buying that keyring from the National History Museum with the little whale on it. As soon as I get my big girl job, that will be one of my first purchases. <laughs> I love how everyone will be like, what are you going to buy? A keyring from the Natural History Museum of a whale. No regrets, guys. I've got a monkey, and now I need... I've got a monkey like Planet of the Apes, now I need a whale for Planet of the Whales. I would like it. I think it'd be a great decision. I'd have no regrets spending my money. I might go back for it. I can't. I also need to get a job. Sad times. Sad, sad times. I thought I was going to start turning the podcast into something, and I would still like to, but I want it to reach 4,000 like followers, and then like we might transition into doing some other stuff as well. But... I might just get like a little events agency job because there's loads of staffing agencies that you can work with and you can pick and choose your shifts. And I've realised if I want to go to Sri Lanka to see the blue whales, I need about £500. That's only eight shifts. You know, that's not too bad. I could do it in a month, two shifts a week. That's really not that bad. I could literally do eight days back to back and get it sorted. Um, So I'm going to start looking into that when I go home back to London because... I just have a lot more free time at the moment and London's expensive in summer and keep just spending on little things like I'm going to go to the pub tonight. My boyfriend doesn't know it yet, but I'm taking him to the pub. I fancy it. I just fancy a drink. I just feel like Scarborough's just a social pub place and it's really tricky when to be away from it. Like to not, not, not tricky to be away from it. It's tricky not to start doing it more and more and more. Like when I'm in London, I never go to the pub. When I'm at home, the only thing you can do is go to the pub, so everyone goes to the pub. But the content for this week's podcast, sorry, it's been a very rambly life update, but the content for this week's life update is making more active decisions because I've realised quite a lot of my life I have done, not passively, 
but a little bit passively, not really thinking about what I'm doing and why I'm doing something, just kind of accepting that something is the way something. And I'm trying to be, and I think that really stems from being a people pleaser. Like, I think that stems from, what was that? Oh, my dress just fell on my back. I thought it was a spider. Oh, my God. But I think it stems from that people pleasing, wanting to make everyone else happy, not developing a confidence within my own decisions, then create becoming quite a passive person. And it's something that I'm kind of growing out of and that I want to talk about because I think it's a thing that kind of goes unnoticed. You don't realise how passive you are in your everyday life. And you don't realise how you start to just let things happen to you. And all of a sudden, the autonomy you have over your entire life starts to decrease. And I think it's something to be really aware of because the more you're aware of it, the more you can kind of start to emphasize that control on your own life and create a life that you really really love so anyway on to the content part of this week's podcast but before we move if you haven't already subscribed to the podcast followed me on instagram and on tiktok then it is about time you can press subscribe in the top you could even give me a little rate and review i will be only slightly offended if it's a low rating only slightly i still appreciate the feedback but anyway on to the content for this week's episode So this week we are talking about making active decisions in your life, being less passive, being more in control, feeling like you're in the driver's stick, stick seat. Because recently I've been thinking a lot about my life and the things I do in my day to day. And I've realized I spend a lot of time passively. Like I'll just be like, oh, I'll just go on my phone. I'll just watch TV, blah, 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 blah. And there's nothing wrong with doing those things. That's not the issue here. But I don't think about it when I'm doing them. I don't think about the fact, I don't ask myself, do I really want to spend my time like this? And I feel like I'm just frittering my time away. Like, I feel like I'm just spending it doing like little meaningless tasks and not actually being very productive or getting anything done. Because I'm just like, wondering. Do you know what I mean? I'm just le- I'm just being led by my impulsive thoughts and doing whatever I want to do in that moment, rather than being like, what do I need to do and how can I do that? And I think this kind of passive seat that I've taken in my life and like the way I'm spending my time recently is definitely linked. I am a chronic people pleaser, I've realised, like chronic people pleaser. And I feel like for so long, I felt like it's my job to make things a certain way. And I'm now realising like that is not the case. And I'm getting so much better at like prioritising my wants and my needs and what I want to do and articulating what I want to do and realising that it's not my job to make people like me, like I just exist. And if they like me, they like me. If they don't, they don't. I'm getting so much better at realising this. But one of the side effects of being a people pleaser is that you don't have any confidence in your own ideas or what you want to do. You don't develop like that independence because you're also normally heavily codependent on other people. I think this is the thing, when I realised I was such a people pleaser, I also realised how dependent I was on the people around me. All of a sudden I realised how much I needed someone to do something with. How all of my life I've always been that person that like finds a friend and sticks with them. Because it was like, I didn't want to be on my own and I didn't like being on my own, but I did like being with like other people and having that person. And I recognise now how much comfort having that person gave me. It made me feel so much more secure in myself. It made me feel so much more confident. And it's ridiculous. And I still notice it now with like with me and my boyfriend, if we go into something, I feel so much more confident when he is there. And I think it's the reminiscence of like a codependency within myself that his going, because I've put a lot of work into going and moving to London and being long distance was something that's really helped because it's meant that I haven't had that opportunity to have that person to lean on. I haven't been able to work out where I was going to go with someone else in mind. I haven't been able to have like the passive seat. I've had to take the driver's seat. And it's been a really kind of like liberating experience, I guess, because with by doing that, 
It's meant that I've had to develop a backbone, guys. I've had to be a little bit more confident. I've had to work out what I want to do and how I want to do it. And I think it's been a really good learning curve, but it's still been a learning curve. And it's still like working out how I can incorporate these want to be more actively making the right choices into my life. Because the thing is, when you're not making active choices, when you are just frittering your time away, like I have been, like, I'm not gonna lie, I just went on my phone for like 10 minutes before recording the podcast. I just didn't want to record the podcast. Not that I don't love recording the podcast, but I just was like distracted. And that's just a waste of 10 minutes. I should have just got the job done, done it, and then have had time off afterwards. And this is the thing I'm struggling with, with so many balancing, like so many different things. The fact that I don't have my, like, I don't have the ability to be able to spend this much time doing nothing. And I would really like some time off and time, like break time. And if I actually just got on with the tasks at hand, then I would be able to just have a break. But instead of actually getting on with the tasks at hand, I put it off and do so many other jobs and so many other like time wasty things. And then I'm faced with like only an hour to do the job and then I feel stressed and then I have to work late and it's all this like big knock on effect. And I just think if I started actively decide like pausing and realizing how do I want to go about this? How do I want to approach this situation? I'd be so much happier because this is the thing, we all want to create a life that we really love. We want to create a life that we're really happy with, a life that we really, really enjoy. And the only way you can do that is if you start making active decisions in your life, if you start actively deciding the type of life you want to have and actively living it. None of these things that happen in your life come passively. All of the things that I've done have been things off my own back and like things that have worked out are things that I have created. And it's having that kind of proactive mindset towards different challenges helps you create the life you love I think one thing that's really tricky is so many people expect it to happen so many people kind of don't like their current situation or don't like their current the current life that they have but they don't realize that if you don't change it if you don't branch out if you carry on doing the same things day in day out then nothing will change it's like the saying it's like nothing changes if nothing changes and it's so true like people love to complain about what's going on in their life and how they're unhappy in their life. And I know it's trickier for some people to make a complete change. And I totally recognize that, that it is not that I'm in like a privileged position to be able to change my life and to be able to have the kind of, what's the word? Autonomy over my life, I think is the word. Like I'm privileged to be able to do that. But I think when you're living a life and you are able to decide what you're doing and you do have that autonomy, like you are able to be in the position to change everything and you decide not to and you still complain about what's going on in your life, that places you in a really tricky position because you cannot... There's so many conversations I've had with people where I've been like, if you did this, 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 like ABC, it w- your life would be so great. Like you're so close, but you just don't want to do those final steps. And no matter how many times you have those conversations, it's not going to drill it into someone's mind because they have to want to do it. They have to have that proactive drive within them to know that they're not always going to want to do it, but they're doing it. They're putting themselves on that path and that's what's important. And I think that's where it can kind of be tricky is realising that you can't force people to change around you, even if you think you might know the better answer of what they should be doing. That's not, it's, it's not, it's not a way you can be. But I think what you can be is just totally focusing on your own life and working out how you can make more conscious decisions in your own life. And I think one thing that I've been implementing a lot more recently is kind of like a a four-step way to being more productive, more, not productive, sorry, more conscious in my everyday. 
And by having this four-step plan, by having these kind of cycles that I think about things, it's making me be more proactive. Because no matter how proactive I am in doing tasks, I'm not very proactive in deciding things. I'm not proactive in making decisions. I'm not proactive in ensuring that I spend the time on my own in the best way possible. Like when I'm with other people, I just really enjoy being with other people. And so I don't really... Like, I'm not very good at making decisions. And I think this is it. I'm very indecisive. And so I prefer to, like, narrow down the options and then someone else picks from those options. I don't want to make the final decision. I don't want to be the one with the responsibility, even though I have already kind of limited the options of what we're doing. But again, this is bad because you're not able to articulate, like, I'm not able to articulate what I want in that situation, which means when someone asks you, like, what do you want? I don't know. And I get quite anxious when people ask me that question. I get quite like tight chested and I don't know why and I don't know why it's happened. And so to combat this, this is why I'm doing the four step method. It's like a cycle the way I think about it. And I think by slowing down, it's making me think more about the things that I actively want to spend doing, the way that I actively want to spend my time. And it's getting me better, it's making me better at articulating my thoughts. And I know I have a podcast and I'm good at speaking and I like speaking, but I'm not good at speaking when it might make someone uncomfortable because I'm making them... No, that sounded weird. I don't mean, like, making them uncomfortable in, like, a weird way. I mean, like, it's not something that they want to hear, you know? It's, like, an uncomfortable thing to say. I I don't want to tell you I don't want to do this because it might hurt your feelings, so I'll just end up doing it. But I don't want to be like that. It's like with the job assessment day. I spent the entire day... The other week I had an assessment day for a job, and it wasn't for me. It just wasn't for me, like... I enjoyed the, like, company was lovely, everything about it was lovely, but it just wasn't for me. Like, you know, and you can just tell that something's just, just not right, just not quite right. And I was speaking about this with my therapist, I think I've already mentioned this on here, but I was speaking about it with my therapist, and just saying how I had the assessment day, and it was good, but, like, I didn't want to do it, like, I didn't really enjoy it, and I just felt like I had to do it. And then she stopped me, and she was like, why do you feel like you had to do it? I was just like... I just did have to do it. Like, I I just had to finish it. She's like, why? Why did you have to finish it? Why couldn't you politely say, um, thank you for your time, but this isn't going to work for me. I really liked meeting you and I wish you, like, the best for the future. Why couldn't you say that? I was like, well, I just couldn't. It wasn't even on my radar to say that. That wasn't ever going to be an option. Ever, 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 ever. And it's because I just think that I should be doing things. I don't think what I want to do. I think what I should do. And in those moments where I could have a bit more autonomy over what I'm doing. Autonomy is not the right word. And it's not called... It's like add something. Advocacy of my own life? No. Agency. That's what I mean. When I could have more agency on my own life, then I don't. And I think this is it. This is, again, why I'm doing the four-step method because I need something that's going to make me more conscious in my everyday. And it's more when I'm spending time alone. I think also with new people. With people I'm comfortable around, I don't mind saying things. I don't, I'm, like, quite good at saying what I want to do. I'm not good at telling people when, like, something's wrong, but I'm good at deciding what I want to do and making active decisions that way. I guess the thing I'm still struggling with is making passive decisions without voicing my opinion, like when something upsets me, when something isn't right, I'm not very good at articulating that. I just kind of like swallow it and don't really think about why that's made me feel that way. And I don't articulate when something's wrong. I just kind of swallow it because that's my thing to deal with. And again, it comes back to that being a chronic people pleaser. I think I am. Well, I know I am. It's that I'm growing and I'm learning how I act and I am getting better at saying what I want. 
but I'm not very good at saying when something isn't what I want, you know? I'm not good at saying and putting those boundaries in place about whether I do need something, whether I don't need something, if that's how I want to spend my time. I'm not very good at that. And that makes it so I'm subconsciously still being very passive in my life because even though I'm actively deciding the things I want to do, the things you don't want to do are equally as important. The things you don't want to do in life are so valuable to know and are really valuable to articulate to people. Someone's treating you in a certain way and you're not comfortable with that. It's like a silly thing. Like, my therapist calls me the wrong name (laughs) and I just don't know how to tell her because I just feel like it's going to make her feel really awkward. And it's not like the wrong name, wrong name. It's just like, she calls me Izzy rather than Bella and no one calls me that. And I used to be called it in school, but just like, that was like five years ago. No one calls me that anymore. And it's just like a name that I don't really... It's not me anymore. Do you know what I mean? You know when you grow out of something. And I just don't know how to tell her that. I just don't know how to tell her. I just... I just can't tell her. And as soon as it happened, I should have just corrected her. But I didn't. I just had a really like... Oh, I'll just swallow that. That doesn't really matter. Like, it's fine. It's a me thing. And it's again... I'm not being active in the decisions I'm trying to make. I'm not creating a life for myself that I love because even though I'm doing the good things, I'm not calling people up on the bad things or the things that are just like like tiny and they're not big bad things, do you know what I mean? They're like small little things that are taking up a lot of my brain space. And again, this is why I'm doing the four-step method to try and make more active decisions about what I want to do in my life and also be better aware of the things that I don't want to do and how I can incorporate them. So what is this four-step method I hear you ask? Right, it starts with, it's four questions. It's four questions and I think of it like a cycle. It's like a thought cycle that helps me work through when I feel that tight-chested, like something's not right and I don't know what it is and I just feel very uncomfortable in this situation. Because this has been the other thing I've realised. It's the arguments that I cause with people, because I do and I've realised I'm being more reflective recently, guys, and I'm kind of facing up to my own flaws Nobody is perfect, okay? And acknowledging the things that aren't good in yourself is like a really important thing to do. And I think it's probably like something no one wants to admit is the things that they're not, the things that aren't good about themselves, especially not, you know, to everyone. But I'll share it with you guys because I feel like you guys won't tell anyone. It's like I have realised that the arguments I cause with people around me often stem from so something will happen and then all of a sudden I'll get really tight chested and blah 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 blah, and I'll close myself up and I'll put myself almost like into a I'll almost like the shutters will come down and I won't want to like and I'll just be really distant and I'll feel really anxious and overwhelmed and I'll just be like oh I don't want to do that blah, blah 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 and it'll turn into this thing and then I'll end up having an argument and it never is due to the thing that's happened it's never because, it, well, sometimes it might be, but, like, majoritively it's not. It's majoritively down, like, that situation unfolds because I can't articulate why, like, in the moment I'm told a piece of news, I'm not good at articulating how that's made me feel. I just have a feeling straight away. And I think this is it. This is why I'm doing the four-step thing is, like, slowing down in those moments where I get a piece of news and it's not exactly what I want to do and trying to work out how you, I can actively articulate how that's made me feel be active about it, not passive thinking, oh, this has happened, this is how I feel, let's just bottle up, being active in those moments so that I can communicate it to the others around me so I can feel more 
in control of the situation. Not, no, that's the wrong thing. I don't mean that. I mean, so I can feel more involved in the situation. So I can feel like the situation isn't just totally taking control of me, that I'm taking control of it. That I'm acknowledging that that has made me feel this type of way. How can we resolve it? Because I don't want to argue with you, but that has annoyed me or that's made me feel left out. That's made me feel not welcome. And I think this is something that's been really important in going to therapy and realising is talking through the different things that have come up. That's been a massive learning curve for me is that I don't articulate straight away. I'm not good at articulating a feeling. I, I push it away. I push it away and I run from the feeling. And I don't think about the feeling and I ignore, 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 ignore. And now I'm thinking, oh no. Because when we're ignoring those, again, I'm being passive in my life. I'm not giving myself the agency to speak to someone else and say, this hasn't made me happy. I'm caring so much about their reaction that I'm just bottling it up. And it's not healthy. It's not a healthy way to be. And so to stop myself bottling it up, I'm starting to be more proactive in asking myself questions when I'm in that current situation. And guys, it's starting today. Like, I don't want you to think this is a trialed and tested method, but I spoke about it a lot in therapy. And I think it's a way that after, after I have therapy, I tend to have like a moment afterwards, like thinking through everything. And I think this method is going to make me feel more, it's going to better able, like, my ability to articulate how I feel after a situation makes myself uncomfortable. I'm going to be better at doing that was a really weird sentence. I mean, I'm going to be better able to articulate when something makes me uncomfortable and less passive in taking it in. So the first one is identifying how you're feeling. And that sounds really obvious and being like, oh, I feel anxious. I feel tight chested. I mean, like, no, pause. You've just been told a piece of news. It's made you feel really anxious and overwhelmed and everything. Deep breath. How has it made you feel really? Dig deeper. You have the surface level emotion, but I don't want to know about the surface level emotion. I want to know what the undercurrent is, okay? I feel anxious, but deep down, the root of this anxiety is because I don't feel wanted. I don't feel welcomed here. I don't feel valued. I don't feel listened to and I don't feel heard. What is the reason behind the anxiety? What's the bit, like the factor when you think about it? What really is it? Because what specific part of that plan that they told you has made you feel uncomfortable. Really zooming in on the thing that I've been told, why could that have this reaction? Treating it like a little murder mystery, you know? Why could that make me feel this way? And zooming in on it and asking myself, how am I feeling truly? What is the actual thing I'm thinking about? What do I really feel like? Not just stopping at anxious. I'm not saying anxious isn't a valid answer to the question, it is. But quite often I use that as a blanket statement. I'm feeling anxious, but I'm not. I'm not feeling anxious as such. I have anxiety because of this, because I'm not feeling welcome. And tuning into that has been something that's been really important because once you identify how it is that you are actually feeling, you're better able to explain what you're feeling and you can come up with a solution because there's people you're around love you and they want you to feel great. And if you're not, if the reason is because you're not feeling welcomed, what can we do to rectify that? Because there is always a solution. And then I ask myself two questions. I ask myself, what am I lacking? What in my life right now do I feel like there isn't enough of? Or even today, it doesn't have to be such big as the life. Like even today, what what do I feel like I'm lacking in? And quite often, if I'm feeling anxious because I don't feel like welcome or I don't feel like there's a space for me, maybe it's because I'm feeling lonely. Maybe I'm lacking social interaction. Like maybe I'm lacking that close type of friendship interaction. And that might be the reason. 
But these are all questions that it's like a game of Cluedo. You're just trying to get yourself closer to the answer. And asking these questions helps you tune in. And you might find it easier to write the answers on your notes up on your phone or in your journal or even just to think them in the moment. But having that breath being like, how do I feel? Why do I feel this way? What am I lacking in my life? Maybe this is implicating it. Then asking, what do I have too much of? What are the things going on in my life that is just overwhelming me? Maybe you're seeing too many people and you've made too many plans. Maybe you've agreed to do too much at work. Maybe you've been working out too much and prioritising that and it means you have no time for anything else. And this is, again, providing you those clues to better answer the question, better work out what's going on. And from this, I think you're better able to ask, what do I really want to do right now? Like, really? Taking a deep breath, identifying what you're feeling, identifying how you're feeling too much of something, what you're feeling not enough of, and asking yourself what you really want from this situation. These are all things that can give you the clues about how to start making the right decision for that moment, start making the active choice. And again, it comes back to me spending so much time on my phone or pointlessly scrolling or feeling like I'm wasting my time. What do I really want? What am I lacking? Why am I lacking drive? Maybe I'm working too much. How am I feeling? Maybe a little bit overwhelmed, a little bit overstimulated. And what I really want is to take a break. Just then, in that four questions, I've kind of worked out a plan of action of how I can get myself out of this passive mindset. And then it's making those active decisions. And similarly, it's when something happens and someone explains something to you that's wrong and is making you feel uncomfortable. How am I feeling? I'm feeling like I'm not heard. And I don't feel like my opinion is being valued. What am I lacking? Maybe you're lacking having that agency. I'm lacking feeling like I have a voice. I don't feel like I've had a voice. I feel like I'm being listened to, but not truly listened to. I have too much of people saying things that's going on in my life. So I really want to tell you that this is what I really meant in that statement. Or I really want you to kind of give me some distance I want to be able to become a bit more independent. I want to feel like I have, I've placed some more boundaries in place to protect myself. And there, in that kind of four-step process, you've gone from passively accepting people doing things to you to actively taking agency over your life. And in doing so, you're better able to create the life you really love. I think that's the thing. These are all things that are going to make you create a life that you truly love because you start to realise it's your life. Your life that you're in control of. You can't control anything else around you, but you can control yourself. And I think this is why it's so important to not be passive, to actively make the decisions around you, whether it's deciding that you don't want to do something or you do want to do something, whether it's deciding you do want to scroll on your phone and you do want to watch TV. There is nothing wrong with that. But it's taking your control back. It's stopping living your life so passively. It's making you realise that life is a gift, you know, that tomorrow is not promised that you've got to start being very aware of what's going on around you. And I think this is the beauty of becoming a more active person in your life, is you start to actively appreciate the things that are around you. And I think that's really important in creating a life that you love, because you start to love your life. You start to realise how much good there is. You start to realise how your life is pretty great. But anyway, on to the question part for this week's podcast. So on the new things I've done this week is get very, very close to finishing Firefly Lane. So close that I have one hour of the final episode left and I can't bring myself to watch it. I'm so, so sorry to all those who have begun watching it because of me because there is an emotional rollercoaster that you're not even mentally prepped for. It starts out so lovely. It starts out kind of wholesome. Oh no, shit's about to hit the fan. Very emotional. Just like 
pick a good day to watch it. I was having a bit of a bad day today. I had a bit had a bit of a cry. Put that bad boy on. God, the waterworks were going. It was it was intense. I don't know if I was just using it as a cathartic release, but geez, it was intense crying. There was literally no need for that. So don't watch the last episode if you want if you'd want to feel happy, basically. Don't watch the last three episodes if you want to feel happy because it's not happy. I thought it was going to be so lovely because I saw someone's story about it and they were like, oh, it's just about having a best friend and growing up. And like, I have a childhood who's best friend who I've grown up with. I was like, oh, I miss them. Like, this will be cute to watch. Oh my God. Little did I know what was coming in. But other than that, and back to journaling. That's a good thing. I've also started a new book. It's called How I Learned to Understand the World by Hans Rosling. And he wrote Factfulness, which is one of my favourite books. And so I'm really enjoying this. It's just written so well. His way of speaking about kind of like quite intellectual topics, quite like dry topics, is so engaging. And I would really, really recommend it. If you haven't read Factfulness, that's a really good read. And I would definitely recommend that. I read it on Kindle. Thinking of books, I need to renew my library subscriptions. Everything is overdue. Never mind, we move. Other than that, new things I've done this week has been kind of listening to my body more and not letting myself feel guilty when I don't feel up for doing things. I'm kind of having a rough road with, like, motivation, determination. Like, what's that word where it's like you do things even when you don't want to do them? That thing. And also intuitively listening to my body and letting myself just exist and not trying to put too much pressure on myself. Because sometimes I feel like I'll be like, I want to go for a run and I want to do all these things. But then also I'm like, I actually don't want to do it. I just think I have to do it. And I will feel better if I do it, but sometimes, like, I just want to let myself feel like this. Not, that sounds dramatic, that sounds like I'm just trying to be really dramatic, I'm not. But sometimes I'm like, I I just, I can't, I just don't want to do that right now. I really don't want to go for a run. I know I might feel better afterwards, but I just really don't want to do it. And so I don't do it, and then I feel guilty for not doing it like I should do it. But it's like a seesaw, I was going to say yo-yo, but it's kind of like a yo-yo seesaw of me trying to work out how to balance these kind of two ways of life, if that makes sense. And at the moment, I'm trying to, like, if I don't want to go on a, like, I didn't want to go on a run today. I just really didn't want to go. I just felt a bit sad, okay? I just didn't fancy it. And so I'm going on a walk instead. And that's, like, still doing something moving, still, like, trying to be healthy and active and feeling good, but just realising that sometimes my body doesn't, isn't craving the big, big old run. Sometimes it's not craving that and that that's okay. Some of you guys asked questions about running this week and I didn't get on to answering them because I ran out of time. But I think this is the new things of like how you stay diligent with running and everything is realizing that the first run is always the hardest. And I never try, and I try, I can only ever go like four days without running. Like every four days, I'll definitely go for a run. And I feel like that's definitely helped me stay on top of it because then it's not as scary. The thing that puts off people from running is like having to start again. But if you try and go like every four days, it's not that bad. It's really, it's it's not as terrible as you think. And I think having that bit of a regular routine has been really, really helpful. Other new things have done, guys, not that much. I've been chilling. Watch that film. Firefly Lane and I have been properly, properly using it. And I've been trying to reduce my screen time. It's gone shockingly, but it is slowly reducing. It popped up the other week what it was and I was actually embarrassed I was properly embarrassed. I've realised I just go to TikTok when I'm bored and I need to stop doing that. And I have stopped doing that. And so I'm proud of myself for that. 
But anyway, I better go because it's time. It's time for me to go meet my boyfriend and go to the pub. I need to do some makeup. I'm thinking like a glowy type look today. I have this iconic glowy powder thing, which I got for Christmas last year and I sat in it and it ruined everything. It went everywhere, but it's still kind of nice and I still use it when I come home because it is pretty and it's cute. But anyway, thank you for listening. It makes me so happy. I hope you're having a lovely, lovely day, a lovely week. I hope you plan something nice for yourself. And the newsletter is coming back. It's had a hiatus, but it's going to be back next week i've decided i hope you have a lovely week and thank you for listening make sure you follow me on instagram and on tiktok at you've got mail underscore pod and i'll speak to you soon bye i love you bye so on to the question part for this week's podcast i had to move because my phone is going to die but not anymore here we are okay do you want kids eventually eventually yes but always eventually, like not now, not anywhere soon. When I was a kid, I used to be like, I want kids when I'm 24. I want to be a young mum, blah, 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 blah. And now I am 22, 23. The thought of having a child right now, I couldn't, I could not. You couldn't pay me enough money. I'm barely like able to look after myself, let alone look after another human being. I could not look after another child. And so, no. But eventually, I feel like I am... I'm going to just move for a sec. I feel like I am a mothery person. I feel like because I'm the eldest of everything, I am kind of like older sister vibes. So I feel like I do want to be a mum. I just, and I've always really liked kids. Like I've always, like all of my jobs that I've done have been like nannying or that type of thing. Like I've always, I know some people like hate children and really don't get on well with them, but I've always found it fine. Like I did my volunteering work in a school and stuff and like I enjoyed it like it was really fun so I think yeah I do eventually want kids but eventually it's far away I think the older you get the the more you realize how young everyone at that age is like I used to think 30 was old and now after meeting 30 year olds I'm like I was so wrong I was so wrong have you watched Harry Potter yes I was obsessed, but not like totally obsessed. I read the books and watched the films, but I never became, I've never had that thing that's just become my everything. You know when um, Hannah Montana was a, that was a time, but I never really got like totally and utterly obsessed about something. I don't know what it is, but it's just never really been in my character type. I don't really get like obsessed about things like that that's like a fan base type thing I don't think I don't know I've just never really been into it but I did watch Harry Potter and I have read them all and I did really like them all obviously what do you love about yourself okay I want us all to answer this I want you to pause and I want you to get your answer ready about what you love about yourself three two one okay now you have to say it out loud and not feel cringe I want you to say this out loud What's the thing you love about yourself? What do I love about myself? Okay, we can say it at the same time. I think I love... I think I'm kind. Like, I think... No, do you know what I love about myself? How much I can love other people. Like, I feel like I have a lot of love to give. And I like that about myself. I also think I'm quite determined... When I put my mind to something, it's going to happen and I'm going to work really hard to make sure that it happens. And I like that about myself. I like that I'm happy to work hard and that I will work hard. And sometimes like I push myself too hard, but I like that about myself. I feel like it's made my life really exciting and interesting and I wouldn't change it. Like I wouldn't change it. And as difficult as it has been, yeah, no, I wouldn't change it.
I just think it's made me sometimes a bit intense about things, but I really like the life I've created now, so I guess that's not a bad thing. Who is your best friend? You know, as you get older, this sounds so patronising, I'm not even old, I'm 22, but as you do get older, I don't think I have... I just have... I just have... Like, I have a selection of really close friends, and each one of them has been like my bestest friend at different points and I just think that they're always going to be my best friends so I think I have like the people around me like the people who are close to me it's kind of like situational based but I always have that inner I have like an inner group of people where I'm like no matter what like one of my best friends I haven't spoken to in like a year but I know no matter what if there was something that she would be there for me and if we needed something then we'd need something for it you know I think as you get older you've a, your understanding of friendship changes and what you need from friendships change because you get other friendships and it comes more ebbs and flows and friends that you once were in, like really active in each other's lives it's not possible well it is but it might not be as possible for you to be as active anymore and so you kind of distance yourself a bit and that's not a bad thing I think that's just life and I think you have to be forgiving with the people around you that sometimes they're not going to be able to be the people that you need them to be and you're going to find other people and they're going to find other people but you're always going to have them and I think that's a really lovely thing and like having that understanding and knowing that no matter what even if we're not with each other right now and even if we don't talk every day you could come to me whenever and I'll always be here you know so I think your the concept of having a best best friend kind of changes I think it really does change I think it changes as you get older depends on what you go through your ability to do things and stay in contact and I think that's okay it's exciting as well because as you do get older you get to meet more people and I love meeting my friends friends like that's such a lovely experience and I just yeah I don't think I have a best best friend but I just have a really strong selection of people around me that are closest to me in different situations like I've met some people through uni and they're my best uni friends my housemates are like my housemates you know like I love them they're like my sisters then I have like my oldest childhood friend then I have my boyfriend and he's like my best friend and I have my sisters and they're my best friends and you know this is it. I don't really feel like I have a best friend. I just feel like it's taken me a while to create this network of people around me, but I've created a network of people like I genuinely really love every single person in it. And initially I found that hard because I didn't feel like I had the same group that everyone else had. I didn't feel like I had that thing that everyone else had. Kind of felt quite lonely about it. But taking my time to create a group that I really loved has meant that now I'm really, really happy with what I've created. And I really, really love the people around me. And you know, I think ultimately, although it was hard in the short term, it was a good decision in the long term. Okay, let's do two more questions because I've got a feeling it's going to have gone on. How do you adapt to big life change? Big life changes. I might do a full podcast on this because I feel like end of an era moments and adapting to big life changes take their time and it takes their toll. I think the way that I adapt to big life changes is kind of like initially mentally prepping myself. First off, I realise how kind of it's coming. And I feel this in a way of like my big life change about starting the job. Thinking about it more and more and not ignoring something has been something that's really important to help me adapt to big life changes. I remember when I had my A-levels and I didn't think about it for three for the entirety of summer. I didn't think about the fact I was leaving. I came back from travelling and literally left and I did that as well with London I didn't really think about the fact I was going and then I flew back from Bali and I was going within three days 
And I think I've kind of realised that that's not the best thing for me because it makes me feel a bit over... Like, it's good because it means I don't dwell on things. But I think it is important to just think about it a little bit more than I have done in the past. And I think that's definitely what I've done with this job is thinking about it more and thinking about how my life's changing and thinking about what's going to change because it makes me more appreciative of the moments I have now, the contrasting moments where I'm like, yeah, I can go to the pub tonight. I can just wake up later and work later. Like, I can control my own timetable. I can do these things. Like, it's okay. And I think this is what adapting to big life changes in a more mature way has been relishing the things that I can do now that I won't be able to do when it changes making sure that I really enjoy those moments so I feel like I was conscious in it and this week we've been talking about making those active decisions rather than being so passive and I think it's actively considering how your life is going to change when this happens and how you can actively make the most of it not passively because the time's going to come when you do have the big life change at some point you are going to transition into a new job, a new, I don't know, a new school, a new city, something's going to change. But by actively deciding that you're going to make the most of what you have now, I think you make that transition for yourself that much easier because you really feel like you've done everything. You don't have that longing, the feeling like you missed out, like you left before you're ready. But I think the other thing that's really helped me when adapting to big life changes is not only making the most of the present, but also realising its limitations and why it's important that I go. I couldn't stay at home forever, you know? I love being at home. I love being with my family. Like, I'm very, very lucky that I have a really good relationship with them. But I couldn't be here forever. This isn't my life. This is their life. And I wanted to create my own life. And so I had to leave. And I was always going to have to leave. But realising that and realising that I was bored and that this wasn't what I wanted my life to be forever made it more motivating for the big life changes and made those big life changes kind of stop from being so scary to being more like, no, this is, this is scary, but exciting. This is the next step. And that's important to have. So I think mentally prepping, so you're actively enjoying the moment, but then also actively being aware of things can't stay the same. And that's why the change is coming. The change didn't come, then your life would not be very fun in the slightest. It's like, if you know, it's like you're leaving school and you don't want to leave school. But the reason you don't want to leave school is because it's your comfort blanket. It's because you know how everything works. But you can't carry on doing your GCSEs forever. You'll never get anywhere in life. And I think that's the exciting thing about transitioning into a new part, a new job, a new, like, doing your A-levels, going to university. All of a sudden, the world is going to open up to you and the possibilities of what you're going to be able to do with your life are limitless. I think that's the exciting thing, the way I'm trying to see like starting my new career, because it can be quite daunting. But realising that this is the start of like my life. This is the start of being able to have like, go on holidays and being able to afford to go to like the weird classes in London that I've always wanted to go to. There's this one which is like bungee jumping and it looks so exciting and it's like bungee dance and I really, really want to go to it. Or there's the one on the bouncy shoes. I'm going to be doing the weirdest fitness classes and I'm going to give you all reviews on it. But (laughs) this is it. It's like, it's the start of the rest of my life, being able to afford these things, being able to create a professional life for myself. And I think that's exciting. So being aware that it's opening up rather than closing doors, I think is also important. But anyway, on to the new things that I've done this week. 